You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, where it's all about helping you grow your Denver real estate portfolio. Here's your host, Chris Lopez. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another deal analysis. My name is Chris Lopez, and I've got Preston Newberry on here as well. Preston, how's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me on here, Chris. I'm really excited to jump into some of these with you and talk with uh, with the rest of the world about all the deals that we've got going on and the, the properties that we close on and just uh, get a little bit more insight and info out there for everybody because this is kind of what we do every day. And as you know, my head is usually buried in making all these deals happen once we get under contract. So it's kind of nice to take a step back here with some of our downtime and really dig into the details with you. Yeah, I'm excited to do a few of these. We'll, I think we'll get into a lot of details since you're in the a lot more of the details, as you said, than I am on certain aspects. So I think we'll hit some good stuff on here. So absolutely, this one is actually going to be an investment condo in Aurora. It's actually one that I purchased uh, first week of March here in 2020. So actually about a month ago from the time this was recording. So if you've heard previous podcast webinars we've done talking about three-bedroom, two-bathroom condos in Aurora, this is one of them right now. Uh, just kind of the ones we buy a lot. And uh, we buy them a lot because they are, they're straightforward plays. They're great rentals. They make great cash flow. Um, and we also just know a couple of these complexes very well. And the numbers are just great. So as I think many listeners know, back uh, in quarter four of last year, I did a cash out refinance on my primary residence. I took out $100,000 in change, plus had some other savings uh, from just our personal savings rate. And this is one of the properties that we purchased with uh, that cash out refi. Now, the majority of our money came from the cash out refi. So that is where the money came from this. And I was just looking for, hey, I had my criteria. As most of you guys know, I want something that turnkey. Uh, ideally a 6% cap rate uh, and then not a whole lot of work in Denver Metro. And I pull the trigger. I'm pretty, pretty straightforward thinking like that. So my overall goal is to buy at least one rental property a year, ideally two. But if I could buy one a year, I'm happy with that. And I met all my criteria. I actually need about $4,500 worth of work. Now, this uh, deal actually came from networking. So about... According to our stats the last 12 months, about 32% of the rental properties we've purchased, and that's just us as agents, about 32% have come from networking, and the other ones have come from the MLS. Now, Preston, this is an interesting story, and you kind of got the uh, you got the first call on this. Tell us how this happened. Yeah, so you know, this is a complex that we've done a lot of work in, and a place that we know really, really well, and. Another agent that I've gotten to know over the years um, and done some deals with reached out and said, hey, you know, I've got got this property coming on the market. I know you know this complex. We're looking for a really, uh, really easy deal. And I know you've usually got pretty, pretty good buyers to work with. So do you have anybody that might be interested? And, uh, you know, at the time, me and you sat down and kind of went through our buyers list and didn't really have uh, have anybody that was looking for a condo like this at the moment. And it kind of just fell into our laps that it would be a great deal for you, knowing that this would kind of fit your profile and and what you were looking for for the year and just a nice solid base hit for adding to your portfolio. Yep. So I think they were going to list them less like what they called you beginning of the week, listing it towards the end of the week. Was that the plan? Yeah, they were, they were about a week and a half to two weeks out from listing. They had just uh, had a tenant vacate. So they were getting ready to go in and do paint and some of the things, you know, to get it ready to list. Uh, and that was kind of part of our deal was, Hey, you know, if we put something together, you guys don't need to worry about going in and making it all 
pretty and, and show worthy to get it on the MLS, we can, you know, make a deal happen and make it super, super easy and streamline and, and save, uh, save everybody a lot of time and effort, especially because the owner of the property was living out of state at the time. So as Preston said, this one, you know, came out, uh, fit the criteria for me, pulled the trigger, move forward. Now a question we, yeah, we get this, uh, about once or twice a month as we're talking with clients and working with people and they say, Oh, well, do you buy, you know, all the best deals for yourself? My honest answer is, oh my gosh, I wish I, I wish I could, but frankly, like, I don't have that much money. Preston's have that much money. You know, we're not able to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars a year on down payments. Not yet anyway. Um, but as I said, it met my criteria. I pulled the trigger. Now, at the time of buying this unit, we've probably bought close to 20 in this complex. Uh, I'd say it's probably about middle of the road as far as quality we've bought, Preston. What would you say? Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is not one of the, the best units we've seen over there, but it was just a good turnkey for the most part. It needed, you know, like we talked about, about $4,500 worth of work, which, um, you know, is about middle of the road for free units over there. So it's not like it needed a ton of work, but it definitely needed to, to be brought up to, to rent ready specs um, and, you know, be ready to go. And then, you know, so we got the offer, went on a contract, and then on a week or 10 days later, uh, I didn't see the property. I know Preston had walked it. I hadn't seen it. So I uh, did a walkthrough with our property manager. Didn't do a full inspection because we know this complex. Just did a walkthrough. Uh, got her take on there. Figured out the items that we needed to do so she could start planning with her contractors. And I think we're meeting there at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday. And then that morning, another unit hit the complex. Um, and I know uh, that hit the complex. We say, cool, let's check that out while we're over there as well. We walked that unit, and that unit was, I mean, we all walked to Preston. It was just, it's nicer than the unit I bought, flat out. It, yeah, <laughs> flat out was nicer than the unit you bought. Um, didn't really need any any money to get it rent ready. I think that unit ended up needing a little bit of carpet stretching and uh, maybe a couple electrical switches switched out. But other than that, it was ready to rock and roll. Um, so, you know, it's just kind of like Chris said, we know that complex well. We know there's always activity over there. There's usually one or two units that pop up, you know, every month or two. Um, so there's plenty of turnover over there and it just happened to, to work out well that we were able to get both of these under contract. And another one, uh, you know, we walked it, um, and Hey, I wish I could have waved a magic wand and swapped out that new one, but that just isn't the way things work. And the day it does not matter in 10 years because these will rent for about the same. And I don't care about a few thousand dollars worth of work and some cosmetic stuff. Uh, but we got the other property under contract with an investor that just finished closing another property, was ready for another one. So we made that one work. So just kind of want to give you guys that tangent as to how sometimes we see this deal flow and we see about a third of the properties come from networking. Sometimes it's investors. A lot of times it's just other agents that know we work with investors or know we're in certain complexes. And a lot of times they go heads up like, hey, if you got someone for this, we're willing to shave off a few bucks for an easier transaction and save everyone some headache. So we'll take those when we can. So diving into uh, finding the property or the uh, investment property details, it's a condo, three bedroom, two bathroom, out by Buckley Air Force Base in that area. Um, I put on here the list price to one ninety five. I think it was actually they were going to list a, a little bit higher, right, Preston? Yeah, they were going to list uh, if they went in and did all the work, probably somewhere around the two hundred thousand number, yeah. which is pretty standard for for that complex over there. I mean, we see everything from you know, 195 to 205, depending on the, uh, the quality of the unit. Yeah. So since we, you know, uh, basically said, Hey, we won't ask for anything. We will just have inspection termination if we need to, uh, cause we won't see anything scary in there. We got a few dollars off. So good for them. Good for us. Uh, 
And so why I liked it, the only thing it needed was cosmetic work. It was a newer furnace, um, had an updated electrical panel. Bottom line, if it's not brand new cosmetic stuff, that's fine. These properties are storing for $1,800, $1,850, right around a couple bucks of there. So it's a solid base hit. Uh, it had all new windows, which is nice because this complex was built in the early 80s. So all new windows, except for two sliding doors. It has a sliding door in the one of the bedrooms and then the living room. And one of the sliding doors in one of those rooms was busted. And the reason that really matters is obviously for safety for the tenant and also for Section 8 rental inspections. If windows don't lock, they cannot pass you. Um, so what it needed was a full paint job. I mean, they had some like, I don't know, a teal accent wall or is one of the ugliest colors I've seen. Preston. Yeah, they had some really interesting paint colors going on yeah. over there. So, yeah. So needed paint. That was about $1,500. Uh, need some just a little, a little like handyman stuff. And then the two sliding doors were the big thing. So the two sliding doors, the paint was probably about 3500 of that 4000 or so I spent. Uh, so got that done. Our property manager, uh, she was in there. I mean, right after we closed, getting the work done, it was ready to go a few days afterwards, which was great. Um, so got on the market really quick and just in great rental shape. And that's the nice thing about these units, Chris. Let me just jump in yeah. real quick is that. You know, we know the units so well that, you know, oftentimes, you know, I can walk them or run through them pretty quickly with a client. And as long as the big things are taken care of, you know, the electrical panel, the the HVAC um, and making sure, you know, windows and stuff like that are ready to go. There's not much else to these units. So that's what really makes them nice, especially for entry level investors or people looking to just add something nice and easy to their their portfolio is that there's not a whole lot to them. So it's uh, it's not sexy, but you know what? They cash flow well and the properties really stand up well. And it's just nice to have something like this, you know, as a part of your portfolio. Yeah. yeah uh, I'm happy so far it's rented and I would not be opposed to buying another property here in this complex. Um, so as far as like finding the property, we told you about that. Uh, we put the offer in. We use the state standardized contract we always use. We use Joe Massey for lending. So between our track record, the relationship, um, and using Joe as a lender, I mean, it presents a very, very strong offer where the buyers or the sellers know they're not going to get a better offer than this. I mean, a lot of times it's not uncommon where someone will come in as a cash offer on property if you look at. Sometimes we lose the cash offer. Sometimes we win still just because we have a good track record and good lender on our side. But it's not uncommon for those cash offers to terminate. And then we're the first phone call for people to call us back. Um, so a question from Caroline, what does uh, cash flow well mean? We'll go to that in a few minutes, Carolyn. So Preston, uh, walk us through just the contract process on here. Yeah. So, you know, this one obviously being an off-market deal and, and somebody that was, you know, an experienced agent and investor on the other side was was really fun to work with because it was very streamlined, very easy. We were all on the same page and it just made things go really, really smooth. So, you know, from uh, contract uh, time to closing, I think we did in about three weeks. And, you know, this was something that was pretty straightforward as far as limited inspection. Um, we knew everything that the, the unit was going to need. So we didn't really have to go in and ask for any inspection items. They were giving us a little bit of a discount off of what they were going to list it for anyways. So as far as that goes, you know, it was just one of those things that made sense for everybody and, and really worked out well. So for the financing side of things, uh, this was a conventional loan. So that means I did a 30-year loan through like, you know, Freddie and Fannie. So conventional loans, I used Joe Massey, Castle and Cook for this loan. 
And without getting all the details, when you use uh, conventional loans or pretty much any type of loan, I should say, for condo complexes, they more often not require 25% down. And that's just for underwriting requirements due to oftentimes the amount of investors that own in there. So if there's more than 50% investor concentration, uh, they require a 25% down payment. Now, there's a lot more other rules to it, but you can basically assume any condo you're looking at for an investment property in Denver Metro, just assume 25% down. Whether you're going with conventional or a local bank, um, assume 25% down. So, uh, you know, did it, uh, got the loan through Joe, appraisal, came in at value, no issues. Again, zero seller concessions. Since I'm putting down more than 20%, there was no uh, private mortgage insurance or PMI. And I did end up paying or buying down the interest rate. And I'll talk more about that here in a second. So going to the numbers here, these are some screenshots from uh, Joe's spreadsheet, the one that we use all the time and it's on the website. So we'll walk through the numbers. If you guys want to see it yourself here listening to this in the future, uh, click the link. You can always go to the blog post and these are uh, input in there if you want to quickly scan those. So always click the show notes and go on the link on there. So you can see here for down payment percentage, I put 25%. I put the purchase price of 195 Now I actually went back and ended up all my acquisitions cost. So this was inspection, appraisal, my interest rate point buy-down, uh, all the other miscellaneous fees when you have to buy properties, all that came out to be $5,501. And then the loan costs, these are the loan fees for, in this case, Joe, the lender to do it, about $1,540, and most lenders are right around there. 25% of one ninety five is 48000 and change. So all in, and while assuming my $4,500 initial repair costs, I'm about $60,000 all in. Now, we often get questions about this as to why do we include the initial repair costs in our total initial investment? Well, Preston, you've walked this property, you've done enough. If I did not spend that money on there, would I have rented it for $1,850? I'm afraid to say you wouldn't have. And that's kind of one of the things is we know the condition that these units need to be in to get top rents. And so at the end of the day, it always makes more sense to spend that money up front get the unit up to where you can get top rent most of the time. And, you know, that way your numbers are all good moving forward rather than having to, you know, put that money in at a later date to try and get rents up again, yeah. especially when the unit's already vacant. Exactly. And so that's why we include it because, hey, if we're going to estimate us getting $1,850 a month in rent, and this complex also uh, generally goes to a lot of Section 8 renters. And for Section 8, like, as we said earlier, they would not pass this unit for inspection because those sliding door uh, not locking issues. So if I wanted to get that top rent and wanted to get it through Section 8, I need to spend that money. So I include that in our total initial investment because even though I'm not wiring it into the closing table, I'm spending it a week later, and that's what's allowing me to get the rent. So here on uh, my mortgage rate, I got it down to 3.875%. And so that is with my point buy-down. I can't remember the exact amount of points I bought down, but typically, um, again, this was all before coronavirus got things all wonky with interest rates. Uh, you know, interest rates for investment properties were like low to mid fours, you know, four, two, four, 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 five range. And so I bought the interest rate down. I think I paid a point and a half or two points. And what a point buy down is, is that means it's 1% of the mortgage balance. So for every point I paid to buy it down, that was 1% of $146,000. So it's about $1,400 
to buy down the interest rate. So I bought it down uh, because it made a lot of sense. It was like a two-year or two-and-a-half-year break-even period. So the rental income, we estimated $1,850, which is pretty much what all these places get. And I just got this unit filled two weeks ago, and I came in right at $1,850. So vacancy factor, for these properties, I usually do a lower vacancy of 3% because a lot of times these are longer-term tenants, so you have like a lower turnover. Um, so if you got a tenant there for three, four, five years before it turns over, you're gonna have a pretty low vacancy. So I tend to do a lower vacancy for uh, for these condos in this part of town. If not, you can always use five percent to be a little bit more uh, conservative. But I like to do three percent for these condos. Annual rent increase we put in three percent. Annual appreciation annual appreciation rate I put in five percent. I put in twenty five percent for the tax bracket. Uh, so just as a note here, uh, the, all those, that $4,500 initial repairs, it included the full unit painting, two slider door replacements, and a lot of like just miscellaneous handyman stuff. Now, Chris, before we jump into that side of it, just because I know a lot of people are wondering, how long did it take for you to get this unit rented? I know it's just kind of at the start of some of the COVID stuff and, and people are you know wondering how long it's taken to get tenants in there, but how long did it take you guys to get it leased up? This one took uh, just over three weeks, I believe. We closed on it around March 4th, and we got a tenant in there around like March 25th or 26th, or signed for an April 1st start, so just over three weeks. And I know the average over there, according to our property manager, um, their average vacancy is about 16 days over there, and this was all pre-coronavirus. Uh, so, you know, it was starting to get listed for rent right as coronavirus started, uh, you know, kind of becoming real for everyone. So I was very thrilled to get it rented and very happy that it basically got rented before the end of March. And I know I spoke with our property manager earlier today just to kind of touch base on uh, on kind of where things are at. And it sounds like Section 8 is still moving forward a little bit slower, but they haven't seen a huge, huge uptick yet in uh, in vacancy times for for getting stuff like this rented. So that's definitely a good sign with everything else going on in our market right now. Oh, yeah. And that's another interesting note that you made me think of was um, – that uh, got Section 8 approved, but they're going to do the Section 8 rental inspection 60 to 90 days out because they don't want inspectors going to units right now, which is really surprising. But they're still making things work because people need places to live. And I'm not sure if that's because they know our property manager has a great reputation with section, uh, like the housing authorities, but it is running slower and they're all things backlogged. But as Preston said, they're still getting rented out. So going a little more of the operating data here, uh, on Joe's spreadsheet, I there's a drop-down menu. I select yes for property management. Now our property manager charges us 7%. That's for us and our clients. She gives our clients a, a 1% discount off for 8% fee. So I normally like to put in 10% uh, just to round up for some other miscellaneous fees when it comes time for tenants to turn and, and items like that. Uh, since this is a condo, we do a 5% maintenance reserve. And why is that? Well, that's because we pay an HOA. And the HOA here just went from $299 to $349. I think it was, it was, it was in January, right, Preston? Or when did that jump up? It was just real recent. Yeah, it was, it was right around the first of the year they did yeah. that. So obviously, you know, another $50 a month, that's going to hurt our cash flow numbers. But that's just the reality of things. HOA, taxes, prices all go up. But even with the increased HOA... It still makes sense. But with the HOA, what that means is I have lower maintenance reserves because who pays for the roof when it goes out? It's the HOA. 
Who pays for sidewalk? Who pays snow removal? It's all the HOA. Uh, and it also lowers my insurance. So, uh, you know, this is right around too when the new tax assessments were coming out. So we always try to underwrite properties with the latest tax data. So I know taxes were right around about $1,000 before the new assessment. Uh, and now it's at $1,272. My property insurance is at $440. And that was a quote I got. And I tend to have higher than average liability limits. I like to be overinsured a little bit. So I probably could have saved a few bucks, but I'm happy with that. Uh, water, sewer, HOA pays. Trash, HOA pays. Uh, electric is billed directly to the tenant. And there's another cost on there because landscaping and snow removal, uh, yard maintenance, that's all done by the HOA. So go into the second tab on the cat on the spreadsheet. Uh, this is the second tab on Joe's spreadsheet. Kind of just took the bottom half of the screenshot. Our total annual expenses are about $9,200 a year. So you take the annual rent of $1,850 minus $12, subtract out the annual expenses of $9,230, and that's everything except mortgage payments. Uh, that leaves you with a net operating income of $12,300. Uh, now, my mortgage comes out to be about $687 a month. And that's at the 3.875%. So times 12, that's about $8,200 for the year. So $12,300 minus $8,200 is about a $4,000 annual cash flow before taxes. So that's pretty good out there. Wouldn't you say, Preston? Yeah, I'd say that's really good. And that's, you know, kind of what we always talk about is just getting those base hits and, you know, seeing numbers like that and those returns out there, I mean, it's pretty standard and, you know, something that you can just add to the portfolio that, you know, is going to have a little bit of cash flow. But the nice thing is you get all the other benefits, you know, from the ROIQ that you're going to talk about here in just a minute. And so on the cash on cash return, that's a 6.7% cash on cash return. Cap rate, 6.2%. And we've definitely seen uh, cap rates compressed, um, you know, so far this year. Just no surprise. Properties are going up in value. Uh, taxes are going up uh, and rents have not been going up quite as fast as they have in the last few years. So we're seeing compressed cap rates. So anytime I see it, anything above a 6% cap rate with real underwriting and property management in there, I think it's a it's a no-brainer for me or our clients. Um, and depending on the property type, a lot of times we're just targeting even you know, about five and a half and above. So going down the ROQ quadrant, uh, which is a really great visual guide looking at the four ways to make money in real estate. The cash flow is uh, about four thousand a year, which we just talked about, our six point seven percent return. The appreciation is about ninety seven hundred for the year, or a sixteen percent return. Now, keep in mind that when I say a sixteen percent return on appreciation, it doesn't mean that the property appreciated sixteen percent. What that means is we said, hey, the property is going to appreciate five percent. So 195 times 5% is about 97.50 for the year. 97.50 divided by my total initial investment of $60,000, that gets you the 16%. So we're dividing our returns over that initial investment, which is down payment, closing cost, uh, and rent-ready cost. Then you look at debt pay down, because who's paying down the debt on this property? It's not me, it's the tenants. Uh, so I'm getting about $2,600 a year in debt pay down in the first year. So that's the that's the tenants buying me equity into the uh, buying me more equity in the property, or about a 4.4% return on my money. And since this is an investment property, you get one of the best tax benefits in the world that you don't go to the stock market or, or other a lot of other investments. 
you can depreciate the property. So based off the uh, county records, it should be about worth me about $1,500 a year, assuming I'm in the 25% tax bracket. So overall, about a 29% return on my money and should see about an overall return about $18,000 a year. Now, of course, I can't take $18,000 out at the end of the year to go buy other stuff, but cash flow depreciation, that should be about $6,000 in my bank account, plus while I'm building equity. So as we conclude here, what are your kind of final thoughts on this, Preston? You know, Chris, I think this is just uh, one of those really, really good properties that you can add to your portfolio that, you know, is going to, you know, build up in the long run and you're going to have solid tenant, you know, classes over there. You're going to have, you know, low vacancy. And I think it's just one of those, you know, properties that, you know, a lot of people, especially, you know, initial first time investors can use to help bolster their, their portfolios. And to take a step back and look at the long term in here, I see I put some notes in here, which I'm glad I did. Um, I paid two points to buy down the interest rate and say 2.5 year payback period for me of, hey, I spent, and I will say that, $3,000 to buy the points down. Well, after two and a half years, I'll have paid that $3,000 back and I'll be you know, making money on that. So that fits my profile because... Uh, you know, I'm looking to build a rental portfolio for cash flow reasons, and I'm hoping in five or seven or 10 years, I'll have a lot of equity in the property. I can either do a cash out refinance to pull out money to buy another place, or depending on how the property performs, it might be time to sell and do a 1031. Or uh, I may even just hold on the property and pay it down. Just kind of all depends on the market does. But all three of those are potential scenarios. Uh, cash out refi, sell and do a 1031 or just hold on to the property. So since all of those are above a 2.5 year time frame, uh, doing the point buy down made a lot of sense. All right, guys, got any questions on this, feel free to reach out to us. If you ever need help finding investment property, reach out to me, reach out to Preston. This is what we do uh, you know, all the time. And we definitely uh, you know, like finding properties. So everyone, thank you for listening. And Preston, thank you for joining me. Thanks, Chris.